and they would call up and say to him, Sir, could you turn the light on in the gymnasium for us? And Jay goes on to say that it was because they believed that turning a light on was work. So as long as they got someone else to turn the light on, they could play basketball. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, our first reading came from Proverbs, but it ended with the 10th verse. Lord, I would like to lift to you the 11th verse. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Lord, we pray that the words that will be spoken will be aptly spoken, bringing praise, glory, and honor to you and accomplishing your will for what you want your people to hear on this day. We pray this all in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to look at the gospel in four short stories today. Four short experiences that happened in my life that I believe helps us to understand what Jesus was speaking about to those who were assembled. I have a friend, his name is Jay. Him and his dad used to have a roofing business. Well, his dad, Lenny Sr., retired and he had a place where he moved to in Wayne County. So you know how construction workers are. They never really retire. They continue to work even after their so-called retirement. Well, it was the same way with Lenny. When Lenny moved up there, he started a little roofing business on the side. And when his son would come up from the Lehigh Valley, instead of going up and enjoying hunting and fishing, his dad would put him to work on roofs. But he always told me this story. Because in Wayne County, there's this large Jewish center. And he said they would be working on a Saturday. Well, Saturday is the Jewish Sabbath, sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. And he would say along about 12 o'clock in the afternoon, all of the kids from the center would begin to gather around. And they would call up and say to him, sir, could you turn the light on? in the gymnasium for us. And Jay goes on to say that it was because they believed that turning a light on was work. So as long as they got someone else to turn the light on, they could play basketball in the gymnasium because under their belief system, that 
was not work. Jesus going into the Pharisee's house, they're keeping a very close watch on him. What they fail to realize is he is watching them much more closely than they are watching him. Jesus sees that there's a man present at this dinner who has dropsy. Dropsy is a disease, an affliction that you can see because it means there's swelling of your body. So everybody that was there knew that this man had been afflicted. And now he stands in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus immediately turns to the Pharisees and the lawyers or the teachers of the law and asks this question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now he knew that this is what they spent their time doing. If you look in the book of Josephus Flavius, who is a great historian hired by the Roman Empire around the time of Christ, you get all of this wonderful information. So what happens at the Passover, the Sanhedrin made up the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the teachers of the law would gather publicly and they would have their meeting in a public forum. And one of the things that they discuss, as recorded by Josephus, is what is lawful on the Sabbath? Is it lawful on the Sabbath? Is it considered work if you pick up a stone small enough to throw at a bird? Or is it work if you pick up a stone that's big enough to throw at cattle? Is the weight of an egg the determination of the weight that constitutes work on the Sabbath? Can you walk more than two miles in a pair of sandals on the Sabbath? So what it forced the people to do was take two pairs of sandals. They changed every two miles. This is what Jesus is aware of. And he asks the question of these people who spend their time putting so much burden of regulation on God's people. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he heals the man. No one says anything, the gospel says. But one of the things I always smile about with our Lord and Savior is he asks the questions. He presents it to people in such a way that they have to give the correct answer. And therefore, by giving the correct answer, they cannot bring a charge. So how does he do this? He says to them, now... Which of you, if your son or your ox falls in a hole on a Sabbath and needs help, you will not do it? Well, the answer is obvious. They have to answer, yeah, we would do it. Well, then I can help this man with the dropsy. How that played out for me in a short was the same person, Jay, ended up be being divorced. And he married and found another woman, fell in love with her. They're married to this day. They have a great relationship. But what happened was, when Jay brought his new wife to church, the people didn't accept her. They liked the old wife better. And they did not treat her with warmth and opening and thanksgiving. And I prayed about this. 
And I asked the Lord, Lord, how can I help JC this problem and what he needs to do? And this is what the Lord told me to tell to him, in which I did. I called him up and said, Jay, I said, I got a problem. I'd like your advice on it. And I went and I talked to him and I said, here's my problem, Jay. I got this friend. We're really good friends. We do a lot together. But he's got this wife. And he and his wife, we don't get along. And I actually begin to see it hurting our friendship. To which Jay said to me, well, come on, Michael, the answer is easy. If you want to stay friends, you better get your relationship with the wife right. I said, this is exactly true, Jay. If you want to stay friends with Jesus, you better get right with his bride, the church. It wasn't received very well. Jay still is not a weekly worshiper with two E's in it. But that is how God had me address that situation. Jesus then goes on to say, with all of these people watching him, and again, he's watching them more intently, he notices that people coming in are beginning to take positions in seating. And he warns them that don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Put yourself and keep yourself in that proper perspective. In 1997, Katie and I were looking for a church to worship. We went to a lot of churches. We came here in 1997. Pam, we sat right behind where you were. And after worship, they, Vi and Mason Reimer turned around and said, can you two tell us why you are not on choir? Because it's the first time we're here. We've been worshiping here ever since. We came here specifically to find a place comfortable to worship. I was absolutely fine sitting back there. But then Pastor Kunkel said to me, I think we need to change something here. I think you should become involved in the worship life of this congregation. And the reason that he invited me to change that involvement here was because he noticed that he could not fulfill all of the ministry that was required. It was a lot for him. So my role at that time was to participate in the worship life of this congregation so that once a month the pastor wouldn't have to work on sermon presentation and be so focused on the logistics of worship, I would have that responsibility. This would give him the opportunity to go out and take care of the, the ministries of the church that were being neglected. That was the purpose. And it was because of the invitation that God had sent through you that my seat was changed. I used to sit over there. Now I sit someplace different. I didn't come to do that. I came to this congregation to worship. He changed where we sit. 
Pastor Kunkel also wanted the shut-ins to be cared for more. He knew that this was part of the ministry that was not being given its attention. So that was his purpose. So that he could go and take care of those people and minister to them where they were. This is what Jesus is talking about. Don't invite your friends and the rich and the prominent. Go to the people who have needs. Pastor Kunkel recognized those needs. I also spent quite a bit of time with Pastor Brett Jenkins. You know him? Before he ever came here. Pastor Jenkins and I used to spend a good amount of time together. We used to sit down and have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, have these conversations. You know why? Because Pastor Jenkins had a little congregation on the north side of the mountain. And he also had a responsibility at State College. And he knew, and he was so concerned, just like Pastor Kunkel was, there were needs that were not being met. And Pastor Jenkins and I sat down because he wanted to make sure that theologically I was correct. So that when he had to be in State College, his people were cared for. They could have communion. They could have a worship service. And that's how our relationship developed. Both of these pastors took that fourth petition of Christ today very serious. It's not because they wanted to go on vacation. They need a little bit of a break. But I can tell you, they will not go if they don't think that their people will be cared for. So what does the voice of Jesus Christ say to you and I this day? He tells us and encourages us, pay attention to the word of God and the righteousness in which it is given. Don't try to change it and rewrite the law required upon us, even though we are under grace. Do not have double standards. Do not require more of someone else than you require of yourself. Hold everyone to the same standard you hold yourself to. Know that at any time, God can call you to change where you're sitting. He can call you in to do what he wants to do. And one of the things that we all have the responsibility of doing is caring for those who need help. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.